You're so secular. I'm just trying to live not in the world, but in the world, you know? Hmm. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Coffee Rants and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. My name is David Harris, and joining me as always is Daniel Morris, Teehee. John Seth Sandler, <laughs> Skylar Teal, yo, yo. and Mike Tatum. <laughs> Daniel uh, brought in and brewed some coffee for us, and I don't know hardly anything about it, so I'll just hand it over to Daniel. All right, so this is from my brother Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Great coffee. Thanks, uh, Jeff. We miss Thanks, you, Jeff. 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 Oh. Jeff. The Hufflepuff? Oh, sorry. He'll get that. Ouch. Sheesh. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. So there it is again. Uh, trying to talk up Hufflepuffs. This, uh, <laughs> I knew it was a bad thing. I never talked about <laughs> Tanya was trying to make you feel better. Yeah. I know. You all tried. Oh, well, man. Dave tried. So this is Avoca Coffee. Uh, they're a roaster, and they've got a few coffee shops in Fort Worth, Texas. So this was our favorite coffee shop when we lived in Fort Worth. Uh, so this is Avoca Coffee Roasters, and the the uh, it's a single origin from Ethiopia called Misty Valley. So let's uh, let's taste it, then we'll Misty Valley. Come on, it has a really pleasant aroma. One sip in, this is phenomenal coffee. This is so good. Like, thanks, Jeff. Like this is, really is good. so good. That's <laughs> for you, Jeff. This is like taking me back to when I fell in love with third wave coffee. Like the first time I had a single origin. Oh yeah, me it too. was this Ethiopian. Was, this was it actually. Not this. No not way. This particular coffee, but Avoca coffee was was one of the first. So two. it is Avoca, not Avoca. a Voca. Avoca. Oh wait, like the the Jedi. Avoca. Get out. No. <laughs> I'm just Put your hand in the fire and go home. So this tastes completely different to you than some other coffees? Yeah. Say that again? This tastes completely different oh, than yeah. other coffees for you? Oh. Yes, it definitely does. <laughs> yes. All right, so here's their... They their, all taste uh, like French vanilla, that's don't interesting. they? interesting. I don't even have French vanilla. I just yeah. I don't know. Floral, you don't, don't, you know. don't taste the difference between this and like oh, Dunkin' or Yuck. what what we normally put in a coffee pot in the office? I don't know what I mean, we've been putting on Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't think that's coffee, y'all. <laughs> so they're tasting notes. Floral aroma with blueberry, yeah, strawberry, raspberry, and cocoa flavors. I get more of the berry, like the brighter berry taste mm-hmm. than the cocoa. Me too. I, I get the aromas of some of that, I like mm-hmm. but I don't get the taste. What do you t- taste? It's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard for me. It's almost, it's almost like a, a regular coffee flavor. Like a, almost like a smoky coffee flavor, but like a light, like a light roast, uh, like a light roast coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite as, it's very similar to across the river to me. Um, you know, moving towards like methodical, but not quite so far. Right. I will say this is, this is very similar to uh, across the rivers, Ethiopian. Yeah. I've got some of that at home. Yeah. I think methodical is still my favorite one we've ever had here. I need to get more. Yeah, of if that. you like drinking vinegar, <laughs> this yeah. is definitely yeah. more. I could <laughs> nail it. I nail could it. drink this every day and be happy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah this is too, really good for sure. I should bring some of the whoosh whoosh. You should. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll awesome. bring some whoosh whoosh for the next one. I agree. Is that the stuff from the movie Holes? <laughs> <laughs> Sploosh. Oh, okay. Sploosh. It's close. That movie. Oh, I got it, y'all. You ready? Digging up up holes, dig. Dig it up, up holes. A R M P I to the T. What is that you smelling, dog? That's me. I don't take showers and I don't brush my teeth. All I do is dig holes, eat, sleep. <laughs> dig it up, <laughs> up holes. Dig it, dig it up, up holes. Ow! <laughs> have y'all listened to the intro of the last podcast that just dropped yet? YouTube. I have not. Y'all are y'all are starting to have a little. Uh, Dynamic, you know, where y'all know when to come in singing with each other. Oh, that uh, it's starting. It's starting to become Bruh! a thing. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Well, I thought we, we had have. been, but oh. just now started. Just now, just now. 
That's really good, Daniel. It is Thank very you. good coffee. Thanks, Jeff. Thank and you, Jeff. Thank you for great. doing the uh, pour over there, Daniel. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah, seriously, the pour over is really good. Because if you do a pour over wrong, it can be a great coffee, but yeah. you won't get the sweetness. And right. All. This is right. very sweet. Very and I think that's where I was. That's what I'm trying to. Yeah, sweet, sweetness yeah. Is, is a good word. For a little that. bit of acidity. I, I yeah. In a good way. There's yeah. a way you can do coffee that's not bitter, but it's also not sweet. Right. And then you can do it where it's where it is sweet. This to me is not bitter and sweet, if that makes sense. You almost yeah. dump that whole yeah, coffee yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me really sad. Let the record show that it's it's always a good day when a Chemex shows up mm-hmm. in our in, in our office. Is this how much coffee you had in your mug had, last time? No, I had it. Yeah. About it. That's okay. what everybody else had. No, I mean like last time when you were bragging about how you finished all of yours. Like, how much was it, like, this much? It was a normal amount. I don't like where you're going with this. <laughs> I have, like, two sips left. I'm sorry, everyone, that I wasted our coffee on Skyler. Yeah, Jeff, don't that? take my skepticism as uh, ungrateful. <laughs> All right, well, we can move to our banter topic. I'll turn it over to Mike. All right, well, this one kind of came in um, as a, a suggestion from my daughter, Megan. Um, Let's she, go, Meg. We, you know, a while back we did one where we kind of put together our favorite fast food meal. Like if you're going to grab a, a main thing or a front fries or drink, you know, whatever and fast food, but let's, let's do the same with like a five course meal from a restaurant, mm-hmm. like oh, putting together your favorite, like, you know, your, your favorite, maybe free appetizer or paid appetizer and then main course meal. And then, uh, Dessert is something like that. So, Question: Yeah, what is a five course meal? I, I don't think I don't I've know. ever had one. <laughs> Appetizer, yeah, salad, entree, dessert, something. I don't know what. It's yeah, like. okay, four. Well, I, I don't really. Know I don't really know what it is. I, I just threw a random number out there. So, <laughs> so y'all never had a five course meal? No. I actually have. When I was in the army, we did a. We were at a friend's house for a Thanksgiving, a special Thanksgiving dinner, and they did kind of a seven course. A seven course meal with like, oh my gosh. but a French style seven course meal where I forget what all the courses were. I just know that like salad was like after the meal and cheese was after that or something. It was kind of, it was, That's wild. it was kind of, it, was, it really was. So I'll have to look hmm. that up and see if that was a real thing or if, you know, we were dumb and they could have just, you know, been pranking us too. Mm. So <laughs> I just know there was a, a lot of different things. They would just come out to the table at different times. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of cool. Well, as far as appetizers go, there are two I really like, um, but yeah, I think they call it Bang Bang Shrimp at Bonefish. I really like that. That's very some good. Bang Bang Shrimp. Yeah. Yes, that's good. The other one would have been the mozzarella, what's it called, from Carabas? Mozzarella sticks? Yeah, mozzarella sticks. Yeah, there you go. They call <laughs> it something fancy, though. No, it's just, it's literally just cheese sticks, but they call it something fancy. Yeah. <laughs> what are those sticks called? Mozzarella, mozzarella made of mozzarella. <laughs> yeah, with the cheese? Yeah. Sticks made of mozzarella. Um... Man, I mean, if we're trying to make it to five, let's start with some creamy jalapeno. Okay, Ooh, game changer. Chips, yeah, chips and creamy jalapeno from Chewy's. Yes. From Chewy's, yes, delicious. Okay, yeah. Uh, Maggiano's, sometimes referred to as Margianos, yeah. had <laughs> a appetizer that I don't think they have anymore. It was a bruschetta tour. Oh, that was yeah, that was special. That was that was pretty amazing. Mm. One just like your original special. bruschetta. There was some fresh bruschetta stuff, like tomato and that. But then they also had some with shrimp and some uh, maple bacon mm-hmm. stuff going on. It really does kind of depend on the mood I'm in. But there's a, a local place here in Brantford called Our Place Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. And they have, a uh, as an appetizer, a uh, meatball sub slider made out of garlic knots. So it's a garlic knot with the meatball and marinara and mozzarella mm-hmm. cheese all kind of stuff that's in the solid choice it is it's pretty special mm-hmm. for an of appetizer a, of a five course meal you could knock out three, three right off the bat. One, they're yeah. all the same right yeah southwestern right. egg roll for the first three courses yeah from chilies <laughs> yeah that would literally be if i had to pick <laughs> you know you guys know i'm not lying right it'd be the um, southwestern egg rolls embers has a good margarita flatbread that Ooh, is I love flatbread. a really good appetizer mm-hmm. as well I'd start off first three Southwestern egg rolls, but then I would go with the Olive Garden salad. Okay. I'm still thinking about the main and the dessert. Hmm. Olive Garden salad? Yep. That's my favorite. Hmm. When we went to Mark's Prime, they had 
lobster mac and cheese. Yeah. I don't know what that is, an appetizer or a side or whatever, but that would be a part whatever of it. you want. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a part of it. Course yes. number three. Side. Yes. Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, something. Throw some either crab or lobster, lobster in there. Yes. Absolutely. Please. Yes. And the dessert, I only have one answer. It is a pizookie from BJ's Brew House. It's my favorite of all time. So I good. can always have a hot cookie with ice cream. Yes. Like, give that to me all day long. Amen. If you ever call me a pizookie again, no. we're going to fight. <laughs> all right. You're, you're all wrong. It's uh, first the crawfish etouffee. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Fantastic. For the main good. course. For the main course. Followed up by key lime pie yeah. and a cafe con leche. Hmm. Wow. Crawfish etouffee from Jay Gumbo's. This is really good, too. But it is really awesome. good. It's not as good as Harry's. Yeah, that'd be a toss-up for me. I would lean Harry's. Harry's is great. I, I don't I don't understand how any something from the Cheesecake Factory, as far as their dessert menu, doesn't end up in this discussion here. Cause I'm, you can have an honorable mention. I'm, I'm thinking, well, of course, I had to boycott Cheesecake Factory for a while because they did away with the best cheesecake that they ever had. Which is the best cheesecake ever produced was Crazy Cakes, cra- <coughs> Crazy Craig's Carrot Cake Cheesecake. Ah. It took me a minute. Yeah. yeah. I don't I like cheesecake that much. I'll yeah, eat it, but it's not my favorite. I do love cheesecake. Dessert would be key lime pie for sure. Have y'all, have you, you've never had a pizookie? Daniel, I've had a pizookie. You have? Yeah, not from that place, oh, but from yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Some more cheesecake I can get on board with any day. From Cheesecake Factory, that's good. But my go-to for like a dessert is like a molten lava cake of some sort, mm. chocolate, like the melted in the middle. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's good. Yeah. <sighs> well, ever so since good. they got rid of the Crazy Craig's carrot cake cheesecake, it's usually the banana cheesecake. Yeah. Mm. But but the I mean the go-to dessert at any time for any occasion would be banana pudding. Mm. So, my entree up there, the King Kong platter from Bamboo in Crestview, Florida. What's in that? Sushi, like a, uh, sushi, scallops, okay, crab, everything, and okay. it's like a that would mouth. be a good appetizer for me. Be good bait, dude. It's massive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, like, so you it, we're talking five course meal. <laughs> Sushi's got to be a yeah. It's on there. That's my main. Like, well, that's my main. I think I eat it before my main. My main would literally be a Hattie B's Nashville hot chicken sandwich. I'm not joking for one second. That's like okay. 100%. So here I was right in my memory. Seven course, seven course French meal starts with appetizers or hors d'oeuvres. Uh, then it goes to soup. Okay. And then some Ooh. fish. It's kind of random. Okay. But fish. Uh, then the main course, and then the salad, and then the cheese. And then dessert. Wow, that's <laughs> the salad comes after in the cheese because that's, that's a lot of food. The, the salad I think aids in digestion after the main course, and then the cheese kind of cleanses the palate for dessert. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot of food. All right. Yeah, hmm. and then they have all these French names for them, but I'm not going to. You say should those. try. Mm. No, because my friend Jeff Walters would make fun of me because he speaks French. I'm he glad was, you have French. He was an IMB missionary in Paris. <laughs> They do say le dessert. So Okay, there you go. We know that's dessert. We must have got that one. Stolen that I word didn't from know them. That you spoke French. Those French. <laughs> they have a different word for everything. <laughs> I would say for my appetizer, just give me the best steak on your menu. For the appetizer. For the appetizer. No, did I say the appetizer? <laughs> yes, you did. I mean, for the appetizer. Yeah. He's having sushi and steak. Uh, that would be the best steak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> the main course. Go Give me the best steak, home, man. Yeah, I think you heard me say just some okay. of your steak. <laughs> so, so for me, here's the whole thing put together. The meatball sliders from our place. The salad from Olive Garden. The steak and shrimp. Uh, the... The sirloin and grilled shrimp uh, entree with the broccoli side, and then for the main course, and then for dessert would be, uh, I, I guess, uh, banana banana cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. So that's that's my my go to my, my go to meal. My go to meal. Three orders. Southwestern egg rolls. All right, from Chips. King Kong platter. From bamboo with a key lime pie dessert. From where? Perfect. <laughs> Anywhere. 
<laughs> that would be my dude. That's a meal made from heaven, dude. Oh my gosh! I, I think I only have up. four courses, but it'd be chips and salsa from El Toro as the complimentary. I'd pay for bang bang shrimp from Bonefish. Hattie P's natural hot chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh, a side. Okay, I do have five. The side would be the lobster mac and cheese from Marks, and the dessert would be a pizuki, just the chocolate chip pizuki. I just want to go to Harry's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Do you want to outro the banter topic? Banter, banter, banter. Okay, thank banter, you. Banter. All right, we're going to move into our second Q and A session. Um, we'll just dive right in. Number one. Um, says, what does the Bible actually say about angels versus what pop culture has uh, turned them into? Does the Bible actually name some of them and give ranks or order of importance? What is an archangel? It's just kind of a series of questions, but basically, what does the Bible have to say about angels? What are they? Created beings by God. Pop culture has turned them into short, fat angels that <laughs> play the harp. play the harp and are basically Cupid. And that's just false. I don't know. What yeah. was that series that had like the ninja angels? Ninja. Angels. Oh, you're right. Yes. There I was faintly somebody, remember somebody created a series and like the angels were like ninja warriors. <laughs> what was that series? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but, but angels are mentioned in, in the, in the scriptures. We know that angels are created beings Sorry. that they were created. Are we just moving on from this? Oh, he's looking. Up. I was I'm giving him up. time to look okay. it up. Mike Stalling with okay. theology. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm, leave the ninja baby. I'm filling angel the, baby things. I'm like filling in the gaps where we talk about ninja angels with actual discussion about angels. Okay, um, but uh, but angels are are created beings. When God created, he created the heavens and the earth. Uh, the earth, and I believe that in that process, he created. Um, angelic beings for the four various purposes, one of which uh, was to worship him. We see the, the throne room opened to Isaiah and there are angels worshiping God. Their, their sole purpose is to declare his holiness and they do so day and night. Um, the, the other, other types of angels that, so, so the Bible calls some angels seraphim and they're seraphs. Uh, seraphim would be the plural, uh, cherubs or cherubim would be the plural in Hebrew. Those are other types of angels that serve specific purposes. Uh, there seems to be an indication in scripture that there are ranks and files of different angels, um, archangels kind of being in control or in charge of certain areas or aspects of creation. One, um, I, I remember reading at one time where, uh, uh, Satan was Lucifer is how, what we commonly know him as was one of the most beautiful angels, one of the most beautiful created beings of God and was given um, authority uh, and watch over the created earth, which is why um, him undermining God's authority and tempting Adam and Eve in the way he did was so insidious. Mm. Um, and also one of the reasons why there is no, uh, at least according to scripture, there is no redemptive plans for fallen angels, only a redemptive plan for fallen man. Hmm. Um, and, and so uh, we know that angels act as messengers of God. Um, the angel Gabriel uh, is mentioned as the messenger of God to uh, uh, Mary in, in the announcement of, of the birth of, of the Messiah of Christ. Uh, also a messenger to Joseph, uh, warning him of of the uh, impending threat from Herod. Uh, Michael is listed as an archangel, probably the commander, uh, one of the, the commanders of the army uh, uh, below Christ naturally, but, um, but one of the commanders of the, of the, the army of, of angels. Um, and so there, there's a lot of talk about angels in the, the Bible. And, and unfortunately, you know, as with everything else, um, Hollywood takes poetic license with a lot of these things and creates, something that's not exactly biblical um, and sometimes not even close to being biblical with regard to, to angels. I do believe that they were created beings with a free will, the same way we were created with a will, uh, which is why there was a, a war in the heavens that I believe manifested itself here on this earth. Um, I kind of have a different take than what most people uh, tend to think of with regard to the, the fall of angels and where that took place in the timeline of history. I, I believe um, that uh, that we could argue from from scripture and from what happened in Genesis, we, we, we're not really given a whole lot of history with regard to um, uh, to uh, 
things in the heavens happening prior to uh, the creation of the earth. I mean, because the very beginning of the Bible, we have the earth being created. Um, so I, I believe that um, that there's a possibility that the fall of Satan happened simultaneously with the fall of man, that Satan's pride um, tempted uh, in his pride. He tempted Adam and Eve. Basically, that warfare that we know took place in heaven uh, between those who were loyal to God and those angels who rebelled against God manifested itself on the earth in a rebellion against God so that by Genesis uh, five, you have the sons of God and the daughters of men. You have that kind of dichotomy set up, uh, even, even in the earth. And so, uh, I, I think that there was a time prior to the fall where angels and, and people, again, two, two different types of created beings, um, where they interacted in a way that's unknown to us to this day because of the fall. But the spiritual realm and the physical realm probably interacted in a way uh, that, again, we can only imagine right now, but will will be in effect again. I think in the new heavens and the new earth. That's what we're waiting for in the in the final resurrection. And um, and so what we what we don't see in the Bible are people dying and becoming angels. Uh, what we don't see in the Bible is every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. We don't we don't see that in the scriptures. Um, we just get this, this picture of, uh, these probably very imposing and scary beings. If we were to see them face to face in their natural state, uh, which is why they probably manifested themselves as, as people in their messengers. And still, uh, it invoked fear in those who encountered them. Um, and so uh, I, I do think that the there's evidence, uh, you know, for, uh, angelic forces in the scriptures. Um, even you can make a case for, uh, some kind of, you know, guardian angels, maybe not understood the way we, we tend to think of them in pop culture. Um, there are systems of theology though, that will actually rank, uh, rank angels as princes over various cities. Um, and, and those, those kind of things hmm. that, um, it tends to be a little bit more, uh, recent in theology and a little bit more Pentecostal. Um, in, in understanding the, how angels and, or princes and principalities oversee mm -hmm. various cities. Um, uh, but, uh, but, but the book of Daniel mentions some, some things like that. Uh, so, you know, it's all, uh, it's all unknown. Uh, but I mean, we can, we can infer much from scripture with regard to angels. And by the way, um, Billy Graham actually wrote a, a, a pretty decent book about angelic beings a while back and and you know it's it's it would be worth the read if, if you're interested in pursuing a a, a, a further understanding of, of angels and angelic beings and their purpose hmm. so you're saying they're not the creepy little baby things on the wallpaper in my grandma's bathroom they are i don't believe that that's what that's a, a that's relief. what a, yes, praise the lord yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you guys think that with wings. do you think that we can encounter messenger angels of god like the people in the bible did and us not know that they're angels? Uh, I think so. Well, yeah, a possible, I would think. But every time that you, we, in the Bible, when we see a messenger, an angel sent as a messenger, they're like, they're terrified. Yeah. I'll, with, with a couple yeah. of exceptions. Right? Well, that's what I was I, thinking. I just, I just thought of an exception. Lot there. in his family, yes, yeah. the message, the angel messenger show up to the door. Like, is it possible for us to encounter an angel like that? Does, does God still yeah. work that way? Does well, he send messengers like that? I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious, just sparking thoughts. Well, I think that we're naturally skeptical of the supernatural right. because yeah, of the right. world that we live in. So um, I think that there are probably things that happen that we can't really grasp or wrap our minds around because of our modern world. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know that the need for messenger angels like that I, because I believe that the canon of scripture is closed, that yeah. God has revealed yeah. all that he has needed to reveal about himself, about us and about his plan of redemption, that there is no further need for messenger angels in that sense. However, Hebrews 13, two does say continue in brotherly love. Uh, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for by doing so, some uh, people have entertained angels without knowing it. So uh, we can't just dismiss that scripture as mythological. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in, in today's, in today's world, 
uh, in a post from a post resurrection perspective, from a post gospel perspective, um, angels still fulfill a particular function. Mm-hmm. I think among the redeemed and among believers, uh, yes, in a in a guardianship kind of way, um, but also in a, a way that allows us to uh, demonstrate uh, the the great commandment a love for others. Um, and so, so, I mean, I, I don't know what to do with yeah. Hebrews 13 too, yeah. other than to say, you know what, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be open to hospitality and we need to be open to things because we entertain angels without even, even knowing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I don't know that it's a, uh, that angelic encounters are a Jesus take the wheel kind of moment for us, but I, I do believe I'm not going to discredit or, or call into question somebody who has some kind of some kind of uh major incident in their lives and they sense in that moment of fear and in that moment of of uh danger they they you know we've heard stories where they have sensed something that uh, allowed them to get through it or pulled them out of it and there's no explanation as to how they survived it or whatever other than the possibility or the the plausibility of angelic beings being involved and and so I'm I, I do believe that God certainly can act in this world in any way he chooses. Um, and if he decides that he's going to dispatch angelic beings to, to be a, a part of that, then, yeah. then I, again, I don't know that we're in a place where we could, we could judge that, um, yeah. condemning or affirming. I think we just take it for what it is. So another question, can angels play baseball? <laughs> Only in the outfield. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they don't. Oh man. Uh, John Frame in his systematic book, he, he put a definition, summarized some things about angels. He, and I thought it was helpful. Angels adore God and seek to carry out his purposes in the world, applying his lordship to their individual callings. And he names three things there, bringing God's word, fighting God's battles and ministering to God's people. And I thought that was oh, that's helpful. Good. That is yeah, good. Good to understand that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think an, another important distinction between angels and humans is that angels are not made in the image of God oh. and humans are. Yep. I think that's a helpful distinction. Yeah, that's good. So, and it it goes back to what you were saying earlier about when you die, you don't become an angel because that would be you, when you die, you become a lesser being than what you were created and our God doesn't work that way. Right. And so that, that's, that's a really good distinction to make because we, in the created order, we are above angels because we were made in the image of God (laughs) and angels were not. Yeah. Also, I think it's helpful with that frame definition, you know, the angels adore god they they, mm-hmm. they worship god so we should never be tempted um as some are uh to put too much stock in angels yeah. in the yeah, sense right. of our our worship or our that's adoration right. or even good. even really our our detention attention we shouldn't mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah we sh- it's fine to have these conversations or, or sure. to, to read a book about them and think about them but but our our focus needs to be on christ yes and uh, yeah and, Angel for us. Angel worship would be sinful. Right. Yes, and that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a thing back in 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 uh, first century and in ancient Israel. Um, they, there was a an unhealthy emphasis. I think the, the writer of Hebrews. When we were walking through the book of Hebrews, we we spent some time uh, on that in the opening mm-hmm. chapters of Hebrews, because the bottom line is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Look, you can have this whole systematic theology developed about angels, but the bottom line is Jesus is better. Yeah. Right. right. Jesus is better than all of that. And so don't get hung up on, on that yeah. when you have access to the mediator the, and the advocate, you know, right there. So, yeah. 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 We'll move on to the next question. I'm going to get a little out of order from what's in front of us here. Appreciate that. Um, but Jimmy Blanton sent us an article. It was called four things we will do in heaven. It was by, I assume it's Kyle Baker. I don't really know how to say that name, but it's K I L E. Um, but anyway, I think we've all read the article um, and we'll just kind of give our thoughts on it. I thought it was I thought it was a good article. What did you guys think? Um, I liked it. I, th- I think it was very much in line with like Randy Alcorn's uh, book on heaven, which is fantastic. Um, you know, really kind of kind of uh, focused a little bit on on you know what we'll be doing there. You know, we will be working. I think, oh, like Mike said, you know, we're kind of going to have a return to the garden in some mm-hmm. ways. And God gave work as a good gift to man, uh, so so I think we can expect to to be working to, yeah, to be yeah. fruitful in some way in, in that. Kind yeah. Of yeah. That was the first of the four things that, uh, was we'll have meaningful work. I'll go through the other three. Yeah. Uh, the second one says we'll party with God, which Let's uh, we can it. talk about it. That's really good. Three is we'll worship. And four is we'll finally rule as God always intended. And Daniel 
uh, you explained really well the first one. Um, we'll have meaningful work, but we'll party with God. Come on. That is such an exciting thing to think about. It was just an interesting way to phrase that as yeah. a point to me. We'll yeah. party with God because that's just not <laughs> that's not what like yeah, my mind goes right. to. You know what I mean? But really, that's where mine goes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think of it that way either. I, right. You know, because yeah, and and all of this is against the backdrop of what again pop culture has created as an existence in heaven where we're kind of like sitting on a cloud mm-hmm. with our wings and our halos playing a harp and mm-hmm. just like worshiping God all the time. And they create, what they do is they, they, they create the most boring yes. picture of heaven you can possibly <laughs> yes. imagine. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and they do that intentionally because, because it, it steers us away from putting our mind on things above and mm-hmm. making us focus on the here and now and, and, yeah. uh, you know, you only live once kind of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Platt had on one of his, I can't remember what secret church it was, but he talked, it was like a whole thing on, on heaven. Um, and he, he drew a lot from Randy Alcorn's book, heaven, but the way that he described, like there will be creation, like there will be mountains to explore and work to be had. And, but also the, the second part was really interesting to me, you know, we'll party with God because it, it, it draws me back to the wedding at Cana and how Jesus was at a literal party with his disciples. Right. And it's like that on a right. grander scale of all Christians of all time. Yeah. And you're just That's, celebrating God all the yes, time. Right. Yeah. It's going right. to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be so cool. It, it says here in the article, who could throw a better party than God? Okay. No, so let's yeah. not be overly sacrilegious, but if we're going to, if we're going to pick a modern day person like around that, that would probably throw a pretty good party. Who do you think it would be? I'm going to go with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about that kind of party. That one threw me off. I did not think you said Snoop Dogg. Agreed. 100% Snoop Dogg would probably throw a pretty good party. Yeah. yeah. Well, now he's making kids That's videos funny. on YouTube. I so know, maybe right? it'll be a little scaled yeah. down. But. Yeah. 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 Mm. Number three, he said, we'll worship. And then there was one line in here that just got me. He just says, think about it. We won't just get to sing about God. We'll be singing yeah. and worshiping him in his presence. Yeah. Like that's just going to be so awesome. So amazing. Not just about singing yes. to him. Yes. With him right there. <laughs> With him there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He also says three big reasons heaven will be better than we think. And those three were life continued. Number two, perfected creation and three infinite time. Yeah. Yeah. Just and and I think the life continued thing is where we kind of get thrown off mm-hmm. because yeah. we're not really sure what that life continued yeah. is going to look like. But yeah. but again, we have to go back. We have to just if we're going to speculate, let's let's at least speculate from what we know rather than what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And and we do know that in the garden when when everything was first created, we believe at least the way we interpret scripture is that it was created for an eternity, for a purpose, and that God and that creation was blessed. In its obedience to God and fulfilling it, the commands that have been given to to be fruitful and to multiply and exercise dominion, so I I can only think that that's what God's redemptive plan is moving us back towards mm-hmm. is is some kind of some kind of work that involves a a satisfaction that is going to bring a blessing beyond beyond imagination. Um, it wasn't until until the fall um, that that we were given the the outline or the skeleton of what this thing called the curse looks like. Um, and so we, what we know is in redemption, that curse is reversed. Um, and, and it's, and we're, we're set on a path back to what was originally intended for us. And so somewhere along the line, I think that, that we're going to be able to see these, these four things that this article talks about. I, yeah. I think, I, th- I thought it was, I think it makes some really good points. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. helpful. Really yeah. drew, drew well from scripture. What, what heaven from what we can tell what heaven right. will be like. Right. Cause we obviously don't know. Right. You know, right. Uh, but. I, I do think that, that when we, we die, uh, that we are to be absent from the bodies to be present with Christ, but we are present with Christ in a spiritual, spiritual only form awaiting his return and the full establishment of the kingdom. Um, and then the Bible teaches the, the resurrection, the actual resurrection happens at that, in that moment. Uh, and we'll, we'll have a new, and what we've talked about before on this podcast, a new and glorified body, one that will allow us to live, uh, live for all eternity. Uh, and again, the way, the way creation was originally designed to, to live. Yeah. 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 So thanks Jimmy for sending us that article. Any other thoughts? uh, What about David's cats? I mean, he says in the article, 
will be land, mountains, oceans, and animals. So I did think, but like, will, will, I have, be will I have Traeger in? David's in, cats. <laughs> my dog might be there, but I don't know about the cats. I'm with you, Scott. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I know that, in, uh, again, it depends on when you read, like, Isaiah, the end of Isaiah. Um, the lion will lay down with the lamb and all of that. Most Most scholars think that that's talking about some kind of earthly, now earthly kingdom, not not a heavenly kingdom um, because, because death in that same passage, death still exists. It's just, it's just delayed for a long period of time. So is that this millennial kingdom that revelation is talking about? That's still an earthly kingdom. Is that the kingdom that the, where the Jewish people have been in gathered and the 144,000 sealed. And, and there, there's a lot of questions about, about that. So that, that cause creates a lot of questions about, uh, about what heaven is going to be like with regard to, plants and animals and, and all of that stuff. So I was really just getting to the point that yes, David's cats don't David's, have souls. Right. You know. Right. That's really, <laughs> well, that was really the main point. What I was after. They already got nine lives. Why they got to live for right. Right. Sorry. We hate cat ministries. <laughs> Amen. Berlioz has never done anything to any of y'all. What? what? <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> yeah, no, never done. Which one? Um, <laughs> So, uh, third question, how would you explain the Trinity to an unbeliever if it came up or to a believer that can't quite wrap their head around it because the Bible does not use that word? Um, and I can kind of start us off a little bit here. Um, I think a really good starting statement on this uh, comes from JT English. He says that the base of our understanding of who God is, we want to confess that God is triune, that he is Trinity. We want to say that God eternally exists as one essence and three persons, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, that each of these persons is fully God. Yet there is only one God. And I like that statement because in answering this question, um, often people have gone to try to use worldly and earthly metaphors to try to wrap our minds around this concept of a Trinity. And it, um, it usually is really unhelpful because it leads into heresies like modalism or things like that, that, Sound good on the surface, like when you think of water, you know, with, oh, well, you know, it can be ice, it can be solid, it can be, you know, liquid, it can be gas kind of thing. Um, but those really lead to a really unhelpful understanding of who God is because it's very, it's just very weak and it's very incomplete. And when you get into the theological implications of those things, it's very unbiblical as well. Right. And so um, I just like, you know, God is one essence and three persons. And that's what scripture teaches. And no, we can't quite fully understand what that means, but it's a good starting point And We'll never be able to fully understand it. Ditto. That's what I would say. Yeah, this is a this is a question that dates back to the early church fathers. I mean, this is this is actually the question that that created the councils of the early church and the ecumenical yeah. council of the early church was the debate over over the nature of God, and then also kind of secondary to that, but just as as important is the the nature of Christ Himself. So there were really two major issues. How can one God be three persons? And so they worked their way through the language of that. Um, and then secondly is how could Christ be both God and man? How he can be fully God and fully man? Or I guess the way the, the way the creed actually states it, truly God and truly man, which I think is, is better terminology yeah. than fully. Um, uh, you know, how, how can he be both of these things? And so, so many of the early church fathers address these and, um, and any of the, of the, of the metaphors that we kind of come up with, David mentioned, uh, you know, the, the water, you know, sometimes we try to pull out an egg and say, you know what, the egg's got a shell <laughs> and a white and a yolk. So it's three, but, but that would be, that would be a heresy called partialism because God isn't just part father and part son and part Holy spirit. Um, all of those three entities, all of those three persons are in their, uh, in their fullest essence, divine. They're, they are deity. They, um, and so they're not just a third of a deity. Um, they are fully God in, in their essence. Uh, but they, their person, uh, is distinct. Um, and, and so, so the way Athanasius, early church father, uh, lived, uh, 293 to 373. So what's that? The first, second, third, third and fourth century. Um, he said, he said this, we worship one God in Trinity and the Trinity in unity, neither blending their persons nor dividing their essence for the person of the father is a distinct person. The person of the son is another. 
and that of the Holy Spirit still another. But the divinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. And so what quality the Father has, the Son has, and the Holy Spirit has. The Father is uncreated, the Son is uncreated, the Holy Spirit is uncreated. And he made, needed to make that distinction because, because that is even debated today. There was a, a, an ancient heresy or an older heresy um, called uh, an Arian heresy that said that Jesus was a the second person or Jesus was a the second person of this Godhead was a created being. They would say that there was a time when the Christ did not exist. And that he was the first thing spoken into existence, the first thing created. And they'll use, they'll try to use scriptures that point to the Christ as being the firstborn of all creation to do that. But what they do is they misunderstand and they mistranslate that, that, uh, that firstborn, um, as something that is chronological when, in, when in fact what the Bible is talking about there is positional. Um, he is firstborn. He is preeminent. He is above all things. It's not talking about a, a chronological created order that, in that case. So Athanasius is very, very clear to say the Son is uncreated. The Holy Spirit is uncreated. The Father is immeasurable. The Son is immeasurable. The Holy Spirit is immeasurable. The Father is eternal. The Son is eternal. The Holy Spirit is eternal. And yet there are not three eternal beings, but there is one eternal being. So too there are not three uncreated or immeasurable beings, but there's uh, but one uncreated and immeasurable being. And so he just keeps going on with that. And, and it, it goes on and on because he wants to make sure that any attribute that he assigns to the Father is also ascribed to the Son and to the Spirit, um, and uh, and that so there's no there's no deviation from that, and and I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why we place why we should be placing an emphasis on not necessarily the well on catechism and on creeds and those kind of things. I know Baptists aren't really like creedal people, at least that's what we say. Um, but when it comes to the things that we say we believe, it's, it's good to go back to the creeds, uh, every once in a while because that really, they had to iron out what Orthodox Christian belief was and they had to do it, um, in, in, uh, uh they, they had to do it in, in a way that, uh, would not be an easy, easy thing to do. We can't, we can't get Baptists to agree on the color of the carpet in a, in a church, you know, so, so to get to agree on some, we need to go back to, to some of the, some of what was, what was said a long time ago. And, and that's, that to me is, is, is really helpful. We can link to a really helpful video about this. Yes. Too. I was just thinking that yes. very helpful video that will explain sure all the heresies. Yes. yes. Is that how you would explain it to an unbeliever though? That's a good question. Um, that's what I wrestle See, with. Yeah, that's Me what too. I wrestle Cause with. Because I can, I, I mean, I, we can talk about these things, but like when I'm having a conversation with an unbeliever, like I don't. I don't, know that I've had, I don't know that I've had an unbeliever even ask well, me about the what, Trinity. Because if they don't believe in God, then you're not going to believe in a Trinity. Right. right. That's where my mind goes is I don't, like, I, I don't know. Like there are other things to, to tackle. Right. Yeah, you're right. Before you get to, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Hebrews eleven six says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God," because because you have to believe that He exists. Right. And if 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 the most positions of a non believer is that God doesn't exist, that He's not a real thing, so having a conversation about His nature yeah. and character is is uh, irrelevant. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. So, exactly. so I, I don't know that we would need to have a deep theological discussion about the nature and character of God until that person actually begins to believe that there is right. such an entity. Such yeah, a that's being. true. Right. It seems like if they, if an unbeliever were to try to talk to you about this, it would almost be in a let me disprove yeah. it kind of way, yeah. or you yeah. know what I mean? Debate. Type, yeah. I mean, potentially. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that. I mean, uh, to get to the heart of the question, I mean, it says explain the Trinity Trinity to an unbeliever. I mean, you got to talk through the gospel and right. Christ yeah. and the, the story of, of who God is and those type of things prior to getting to the Trinity. Um, I mean, those things are God is Trinity. So like, I just don't know that I'm going to have a, a, a conversation. This is not where I would start. No, no. I, th I think I could, if that conversation, hypothetical conversation were to happen, I probably would say at some point, I believe God is one essence and three persons. But again, knowing that they're not, they're not going to fully understand what that means, but I'm going to be honest with them and saying like, sure, I'm not going to be able to give you an explanation that's right. going to 
satisfy you. But, you know but, what I mean? But even saying that and listening to what you just said, Skylar, I mean, I'm thinking there is a way if we could, we could possibly just by changing some, some wording, we could be Trinitarian in our gospel conversation. Yeah. Because yeah. the Trinity is involved in every aspect right. of the gospel. So, so in sharing the gospel, we can actually be revealing a triune God yeah. without without even imposing that word Trinity. Yeah, sure. On that's it, good on that conversation. Yeah, um, because the, the the gospel in effect is is yeah is triune. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. Every person of the Godhead is involved in that yeah. in the in the gospel and in salvation. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think that that's helpful. Those are good thoughts. Mm-hmm. We'll move on to the next question. Uh, the fourth question is asking about the news or the media. It, they asked to watch and listen or not to watch and listen to the media. Um, they said in their submission, hearing about what is happening in our country in terms of politics and moral culture is beyond unsettling. As a Christian, am I to keep up and be aware of current events or just pray knowing God is in control? I think there's a healthy balance of yes. knowing what's going on and worshiping the news. And I think that that's, if you start, and it's with anything, with idols in our life. Like yeah. if you start to like sports more than you like, or, or you start to worship sports more than you worship God. Like I think that there could be a balance. And with Christian liberty, like you can be involved. And I think that there's a level that we should be involved with what's happening in our country and the world. And th- there should be a level of involvement there from us um, as Christians. But at the same time, you can't worship news. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, uh, we should keep up and be aware of current events. I, I think that's a yes. But if um, if you're spending you know, every weeknight of the week, spending two or three hours watching Fox news, just to throw one out there. There's plenty of, plenty of other options, but, or, you know, if you're spending two or three hours on CNN, then your time would be much better spent picking a good Netflix show, watch an episode, spend, then spend some time in, in the word, some time with God and go to bed and get a good night's sleep. I think we can, we can worry ourselves. We can, uh, we can dwell on minor issues that even if they're big things that, you know, they're, if they're not going to impact our life on a daily basis, let's take a step back. Yeah. There, yeah. There's something to be said for living in ignorant bliss. Right. Uh, right. With, with that. But mm-hmm. having said that, um, I do think it's important that we stay up to date on what's happening. I think, I mean, we, we, we live in this world and we're called to serve in this world. Um, and so we need to know, we need to know where, where we're at in this world. And so I, I think it's important that we, we keep up and maybe be aware of current events, but we can't be obsessed by them yeah. or obsessed with them because then I, I'm glad you brought that word out, Johnson, because that's the first word that comes to my mind when it comes to some of this stuff is just idolatry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's almost an idolatry of worry <laughs> because, yeah. because yes. we want, and we fear, want to yes. watch, we want to watch because we want to have something else to worry about. We want to have something else to rage about. We want to have yes. something else. And, and the bottom line is for many believers, if it robs your affections for Christ, then you need to limit Come on. that particular or, or delete that particular activity from, from your list of activities. Um, because it's a good word. And, and that, and that really is what happens when I get, I mean, that's really why I pulled way back from, from social media, like Twitter and Facebook. I I'm, I'm rarely on it. I'll go on just to kind of see what's happening. And I realized within, within 30 seconds, why I pulled back away from it. Um, because it can rob my affections for Christ. And, and so if it does that, if it creates angst in me, if it creates worry in me, if it creates anger and hatred in me, then, then I have no business immersing myself in that, um, because those things are antithetical to the gospel yes. and there's no room for those things in the kingdom. Colossians three says to put it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and before that, it says, set your mind on things above, yeah. not on things in the earth. And yeah. when we immerse ourselves in the news of this world, we are setting our minds on the things of this world. We're yes. allowing those things to control our thoughts and our emotions. And even uh, to some extent, our spirituality, our sanctification mm-hmm. and all of those things. And so we just need to, we need to be careful. Yes. We need to be informed because we need to be able to speak the gospel into today's issues and you can't speak the gospel into an issue if you don't know what the issue is sure um and so we want we want to be up to date we want to be informed um but we need to be informed in a way again that doesn't rob us of our affections for christ Mm -hmm. that so that so that we can we can actually be effective 
with the gospel in, in this place, because that's really what we're called to be. And ranting and raving and raging about uh, the politics of our day is not an effective tool for the advancement of the kingdom. No. Only the gospel is going to be the effective tool for the advancement of the kingdom. And and we can, I mean, just just to be honest, I think we can lose a lot of credibility with the gospel in the way we respond to, to some of the things that we see in yeah. news and the way, yeah. the way our 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 personality changes the way our discussion our tone the the volume of our voice i mean everything the news has the habit today not necessarily it had this 30 years ago but but at least today the news has a habit of of getting us riled up and angered and and raging i mean everything's a platform of rage now and, and so, so no matter what happens, somebody's going to put a spin on it that's going to create rage over here. And no matter what happens over here, somebody's going to put a spin on it to create rage over there because that's what our culture is craving. And, and as believers in Jesus, we, we don't need to be adding to the rage. Uh, we need to be actually bringing, bringing the gospel into that so that there could be some kind of calming and, and soothing effect to it. Well, and that's like the upside-down kingdom that is the kingdom of God where right. our culture and news media is promoting fear and worry. Jesus says more <laughs> so often in scripture, fear not. Right. And and I think that when we set our mind on the things that are above and we set them away from, we put off anger and wrath and malice that so often news media leads us to. We set our minds to above, it, it helps us to not fear. Yeah. Uh what's <laughs> happening, even if it is hard and right. painful. Uh, but at the same time, as Christians, we have to obey Christ. And he says to fear not. And that may mean you need to stop watching the news right. so much. And, yeah. and that's, and that too, it, it, and even if you're going to immerse yourself in that, if you're going to watch that and you're going to be driven by that, then, then let's, let's at least be intellectually honest enough to think consistently through some of the things that we're being told. Um, because I think that, that, that happens all too often. Again, news isn't news anymore. It's all spin. Mm-hmm. Everything is spin. Everything you watch is is not just factual reporting. It's spin reporting, and and they're and they're pushing every every they're pushing. There's an agenda that they're pushing, and so we need to be cautious of those agendas that are being pushed. I mean, the, I mean, we call it out all the time, just in our entertainment and in our movies. We we see certain agendas being pushed in movies, and it causes us to push back. Well, let's be consistent in that and see the agendas that are being pushed, even by those that that we think agree with us in our in our positions, um, because it, because news is a, is just as much about ratings as any anything right. else that we're watching on TV. Yeah, and, and so we just we need to be careful of that, and we need to think consistently. And when our side says something dumb, let's just call them out on it and say they said something dumb. But it doesn't seem like that's politically correct anymore to 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 be able to to indict both sides um, in in their in their views of any particular action. Yeah. So. And I was going to say to that, something I just try to do is have friends in my life that are on different points of the spectrum regarding right. that, because that helps me to see like if on my social media pages, for example, I'm only following and only friends with people right. that, you know, fit into whatever my, I don't know, my, my camp yeah. political yeah. camp or something yeah. like that, you know, it's not going to help me to, to think clearly about these right. things. So I, I do like to, follow and be friends with and in person, you know, actually have friends um, that might disagree with me on a lot of things so that I, so that we can do that, live in this yeah. world and see it clearly and not just feed into the fire of the division right. that the media causes or whatever. Well, we, we've gotten into the habit and, and this happens in, in different circles and on, on both sides of the aisle, but in also in different contexts, even, even in the context of the church is we've, we've gotten into the habit of, of putting ourselves in, into what, what we call an echo chamber. Where all we're hearing is from people who are thinking like we are thinking. And, and the, the problem is, is when we, if we fail to bring scripture into that echo chamber, then we're not, then all we're doing is reinforcing what may be our own, our, our own sinful or wrong or ill informed thoughts. Right. Um, and, and so, so no matter what, 
no matter what you're surrounding yourself with, the Bible needs to be a part of that. Yes. The gospel needs to be in, in that. And because then you can think a little bit more clearly and you can think a little bit more objectively about what you're being told. Um, and you can match that up against what scripture is yes. saying. And if it doesn't, if there might not be a particular answer to a particular rant that that particular talking head is, is bringing in that moment, but certainly a biblical response to it can be found in the scriptures. Right. And I think that's where we've, we've lost, uh, we've lost some, some, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if we've lost some of our credibility or if we've lost just our voice, um, is we, we've stopped relying on the, the strength and sufficiency of scripture to speak into some of these issues. Um, because we've just abandoned that to our own, our own thoughts, um, and our own wisdom. And, you know, we know what the Bible says about, uh, about how invalid all of that all of those things really are. So, so I just think at some point we need to be faithful to the scripture and we yeah. need to step back, take a deep breath and, and view some of these things from a, a, a biblical perspective that will allow us to uh, love even those that disagree with us. Um, and while not compromise, I'm not saying we compromise our convictions. I'm not advocating for some, what y'all would say, some woke perspective on anything. I'm, I'm just saying uh, that, that the kingdom is bigger than all of this and the gospel can advance in spite of all of this, Absolutely. but it's only going to advance in spite of all of this. If believers understand the priority of the gospel in their lives. Yeah. Not the priority of some, some news outlet. Yeah. That's really good. That's a much better starting point than one I brought up because the reality is following or being friends with people of all different perspectives is not enough. If right. you're not, spiritually disciplined and in the word, right? Those things are good yeah. uh, after that, but yes. that's the best yeah. starting point. Yeah. Always go back to the word of God. Yeah. Right. We have to make sure we get our theology and our worldview, the way that we think from the Bible and not yes. from news that's sources good. or social media. Exactly. Right. Yep. Right. And it is possible to stay well informed on current events without, I'm without on social media, yeah. without, yeah. Uh, without cable news. I'm on it's the spectrum possible. of, I haven't watched a new cable news station and, years hadn't watched world news i rarely use facebook rarely i'm not on twitter much on instagram and i know what i need to know yeah it's true i'm not buried i'm i've not buried my head in the sand that's not what i'm saying but i know what i need to know i mean and and without being on those those things right Well, my, my, just for the record, my Facebook feed are, is uh, filled with far side cartoons and what kind of snake is this? Oh, we know it's like a terrible snake. (laughs) Terrifying. That in all of my reels, for some reason, all of the reels that show up in my Facebook feed are all, uh, friends, either scenes or bloopers. It's fantastic. I don't know how that happened, but it's fantastic. (laughs) We've got time for one more question. The last question uh, says, uh, about mercy and justice. I know God is both and both are equally important. My question is, what is your default setting or which do you naturally lean to? How do you keep yourself balanced in mercy and justice in your marriage in parenthood work, etc., or in everyday life, if you will? <laughs> I like this question. Yeah, I think it's helpful. I probably would lean towards justice and What's helpful in balancing that is reminding myself of the gospel. I mean, not to sound over spiritual, but uh, justice for me would mean that be the wrath of God um, and comparing myself to holy God. Um, But praise the Lord for his mercy. Um, And so how that's fleshed out in my marriage and parenting and relationships and such is reminding myself of the gospel and and how i have been forgiven a great debt so who am i to not forgive others of a of of their mm-hmm. um, perceived debt as well mm-hmm. parenting really comes to mind when i think about this question because it's just my life right now um but i think that i tend to be land on the mercy side and not to say like I'm always merciful in like an ego way, but just like I have to have a sense of justice and parenting in the sense of disciplining so that they're not, you know, wild banshees their whole life. Um, And I would tend to lean on the mercy side of just, it's okay. Like, let's just work through this a different way kind of thing rather than, 
No, justice is a real thing. Justice should be, and it should be a part of of who we are. We should have a balance of mercy and justice because God has a perfect balance of mercy and justice. And if you could even put it in in that term of balance, um, and so how do you keep yourself balanced? I don't know. I'm trying my best. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning what not what doesn't work. Some things that do work. It helps to you know. Brittany is kind of tends to land more on the justice side, and we kind of balance each other out that way. So praise the Lord for that. But I. I working on it yeah work in progress yeah i i think we we don't want to conflate justice with judgment um because i think there are those are two different things um it, justice is 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 where things are made right where where people get what they deserve um mercy is where people don't get what they what they deserve um and I think just in my nature, and I think generally in human nature, yeah, yeah. we tend to lean more towards um, justice, especially yeah. especially when I'm when I'm driving and people aren't driving like me, and I want justice. Say um, how it is. They're driving wrong. They are driving yes, very badly. And and so when somebody goes like speeding by me, um, th- and they have the nerve to go faster than I'm going. I want a I want a police officer to pull out behind them and pull them over because I want justice in that moment. Um, you know, but what I forget is that yeah, they may have passed me doing ninety five, but I was doing eighty. You know, so so that's that's where I think we get we get hung up on justice is is um, we want everybody else to get what they deserve, yeah, but we don't necessarily want to get what we deserve, right? Um, and and so that's where that's where mercy kicks in and. Um, and, and so I, you know, I've taken the spiritual gifts inventories. The mercy is kind of really, uh, uh, it doesn't really show up a whole lot on my, my spiritual gift inventory. So I, I, it's hard, you know, I, and I think that's maybe because I, I see things in black and white. I'm very, uh, I, I think I'm kind of prophetic in that sense, uh, where, you know, I, I can have mercy to someone who's in a situation that's beyond their beyond their control, uh, or beyond their doing, it's hard for me to have mercy towards somebody who's like intentionally gotten themselves into that, you know, yeah. into that mess. Um, and I know that that's wrong and I, and I have to repent of that. Um, because th- the bottom line is, um, I mean, Micah six, Micah six, eight is the, the verse that comes to mind whenever this kind of question comes up about justice and mercy. Um, he has shown you, oh man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you, but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So that there's a requirement on those of us who are followers of Christ to, to walk in humility yeah. uh, because that humility is going to allow us to, to, uh, to see justice and mercy for what it really is. And those two things really do go together uh, and it has to be balanced in the gospel. I mean, because at the cross, we've said this before at the cross, you see both the justice of God and the mercy of God on full display. Um, and so, so somehow we are to live our lives with the, with the, with justice and mercy on display. Um, and that, that can be, that can be hard to do. But what, what that means is when we see injustice, we stand for justice. And when we see, uh, it's the opposite of mercy. When we see something that's unmerciful happening, we need to, we need to demonstrate mercy. Um, and, and, and so that, and that can be hard that because that's countercultural and sometimes it puts us on the outside looking in. Sometimes it puts us in a minority. Um, and so, so we just, we need to balance, balance those things. And, and I, and I like the way, you know, you bring, you bring raising children into this, um, because that's where a balance really is required. And that really is, that's sometimes the biggest struggle between parents, um, in, in parenting styles, uh, because you, you end up <laughs> one is, uh, overly justice driven. The other is overly mercy driven. Um, and so your kids are confused mm-hmm. and they tend to lean towards the one who is overly mercy, merciful. Yeah. And all you're doing is setting your kids up for failure. If you never instill in them a sense of, of justice and, yeah. um, and there are consequences to your actions yeah. and those kind of things. So, so it, it plays itself out in many different ways. Uh, in marriage, one of the things that I always talk about in, in marriage is let's, I, I think, I think, 
we focus on justice for ourselves. We fit, we work on the things that we know are our own weaknesses in marriage. And then we show mercy and grace. We, 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 uh, in the weaknesses of our, our spouse, and we actually celebrate their strengths. So if we can, if we can try to just work on our own weaknesses and celebrate the strengths of our partner, then our relationships will be so much better. But where we get sideways in our marriages is we celebrate our own strengths and we constantly point out the weaknesses of our partner. And so there's, there's, we're, we're trying to bring them to justice when there's no mercy in that. And, and that just, that creates issues at a whole new level. So I, I think there's a balance in all of this. And I think you guys have already, already said that. That's yeah. a good word, Very Mike. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, there's a, there's a, a couple of things. Uh, I came across Thomas Aquinas um, has said, mercy without justice is the mother of dissolution. Mm. Justice without mercy is cruelty. There you go. That's really um, good. And and so I, I do think that there's some truth in, in both sides of that. Um, you know, mercy without any kind of justice leads to chaos yeah. and dissolution of, of anything. Hmm. Um, and then justice without mercy, um, is just cruel. Yeah. Um, hmm. and, and so, and then RC Sproul, uh, had a, had a good quote, uh, in here as well. By definition, the big difference between mercy and justice is that mercy is never obligatory. Um, which is kind of, I, I, I had to think through that for a minute. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, and I think he's thinking at it from a, a theological perspective where God was not obliged to show mercy justice. He is obliged sure. to, mm. to pronounce judgment and, and bring justice, um, to a, a sinful world, uh, because his nature and his character demands justice, right. right? He can't, we talked about it in our theology class, he can't deny himself. He can't deny his character. So justice has to happen because of his nature and his character. Um, mercy is something that he chooses to extend. I think it's a part of his nature and character. It's a part of his attributes, but it's something that he chooses to extend. So because where Sproul I think is going with that is if all of us received what we deserved in our sin mm-hmm. and we're, condemned to an eternity in hell. God is still just, right? but right. in his mercy, he saves those who will place their faith and trust in the finished work of Christ on his cross. So yeah. that was really good. All right. I guess we'll wrap it up there uh, for this session. Don't forget about the form. Does anybody ever else just nope. want to like cut David off when he's trying to wrap things up and, <laughs> and, and make him like lose his rhythm of the, of the, the outtake. <laughs> No, but now I do. <laughs> okay, I just thought I, I said the, thought I set the example. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us more questions, pbclc.com slash podcast. Follow us or subscribe to us and leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next time. And give us something else to argue about. <laughs>